Hello, my name is Juan Quintero, or y'all can call me Juan Q. I'm a 35-year-old male, or 36. I really don't know what my age is nowadays, I guess. But I was born in 87, so I guess that makes me 36. I don't really feel 36, but I am. Um, I'm... 36 years old, Hispanic male from Tucson, Arizona. Um, I'm making this podcast in, in hope to help others um, deal with addiction. So it's in a way that I have that has helped me become, you know, a better person. And it's, it's helped me, you know, keep clean for... I want to say I'm about 230 days clean. Um, my last use was in March 20, 2023. And my drug of choice was uh, this last time was fentanyl, meth, cocaine, anything I could get my hands on basically. Um, but yeah, I was an addict. Um, I basically did anything and everything that I could. Um, so, I want to tell my story. Maybe it'll help somebody get clean. And I want to continue to, you know, make um, episodes every week that where I can talk about my recovery or what I'm doing to um, maintain my recovery. It's not an easy road, but if I could do it, anybody can. I came from um, being a homeless, um, from having nothing to um, having something. Not a lot, but having enough to um, you know, survive. Um, I have a part-time job at the moment, and I uh, work with a mental health clinic, but I don't do what I want to do. I work as a custodial at the moment, um, but I did get a taste of, you know, working in behavioral health, and I did love it, and I want to go back and I'm working on that at the moment. So hopefully soon I'll get, um, I'll be able to go back and, you know, work in mental health, um, such as uh, like a peer support or BHT, behavioral health tech, which is the people that work at rehabs and stuff. I've, um, I've been a BHT before. I was a BSC for a couple months uh, for a uh, treatment center here in Tucson. Um, And it was good. I mean, it was one of the best jobs I ever had. Um, It was rewarding where I helped others and, you know, talk to them when they're going through detox and give them hope, basically, because... um, 
I looked like I had my shit together, which, you know, at the moment I was a few months clean, but, um, you know, I gave people hope. Like, I would tell them, you know, I would see some of the detox and then go into their um, uh, room and be like, you know, when it was time to take their vitals and stuff, I would be like, man, if I can make it, you can make it too, no matter what your situation is. If I can make it, you can. Because I I went from being a homeless, living in the street, just doing hundreds of pills a week. You know, I had a job and everything, but um, I was living out of my truck for a while, you know. And um, I'll go into my story now. Um, so, yeah, I was living out of my, my truck this last time. And um, I ended up losing my truck. I got pulled over and uh, they found narcotics on me. And uh, they ended up taking the, the truck. And I was, uh, luckily I was uh, released under um, free trial, which was uh, a new thing for me because... I've been in and out of prison my whole life, so I wasn't expecting to get out. So I got let out, and I was surprised. You know, so how how does this happen? And uh, it was a sign, you know. It was like a awakening, you know. It was like um, this happens for a reason, right? And uh, yeah, they let me go. I went on pre-trial, and I was out on the street again, but, of course, um, I kept using... I had an all-right job. I was, uh, I was a plumber's helper, and I was making decent money a week, um, enough to support my habit, at least, you know. I was uh, smoking up to 200 pills a week. I was buying large quantities, which... You know, it would be better for me to buy large quantities because it'll last longer. So, yeah, I was um, doing that. I was using meth. You know, it it was just getting bad at that point. Um, I was living out of my truck, uh, just parking in different areas, like Walmart parking lots. I was uh, parking at work um, since I was a plumber mostly uh commercial plumbing uh oh promise plumber's helper i mean and uh well i was about to be a plumber but yeah i screwed that up real fast um anyways yeah i was um a plumber's helper and i was like uh working in different uh construction sites uh working on uh you know commercial buildings doing plumbing and stuff and I was living in those areas uh, in my truck, just parked there and just, you know, blocking out my windows with, uh, you know, um, some visors and clothes I had in the truck so nobody could see me using. And I'd sit there for hours just using, man, you know, dirty without a shower, just using because that's all I did is live to use and use to live um you know 
don't know where I heard that before, but probably in a, um, so yeah, that's all, my, my world just revolved around using everything I did was to use, um, I would, uh, wake up using, go to sleep using, and if I didn't have pills, I was sick as hell, and I was not working, you know, but I managed to keep on working, and I would sneak out of work every 15, 20 minutes and go to my truck and smoke another pill. It just went on and on, and it wasn't fun. It was just, uh, I was maintaining a habit just to feel normal, just to be able to function, just to be able to wake up and go to work, wake up and be normal. I had to use a pill, or fentanyl pill, which could have killed me, because at the rate I was going, I was smoking a lot. And uh, by this time, I had uh, already you know, burn bridges with my family. Um, my girlfriend kicked me out. Girlfriend I was living with, her and my son. Um, she had kicked me out because of my usage. And I just didn't know what to do, you know. Um, so I was just living out of my truck and continue to use, uh, it was like a roller coaster. I would use um, fentanyl and then meant to um, counteract that that drug so I wouldn't nod out, you know. It, it was just a bad time in my life. And and that uh, fentanyl ain't no joke. It's like crack. Because all you want to do is smoke and smoke and smoke and never stop, you know. Uh, the high is only 15 minutes or really short-lived. And you just keep on using it. I wouldn't recommend that to anybody, you know, any drug. You know, um, but my addiction, you know, comes from way before all this. And I can go into more detail of what my life was and what I'm doing now different, you know, to change that, to break that cycle. You know, it wasn't easy. It's not easy. I continue to struggle, whether it be like, shit going on in life but I can't let that get to me I can't let that you know dictate oh I'm gonna go use because I'm I'm having a shitty day no that's not the way you, you stay sober you, you understand um which what I do now different is uh, I call people you know um my support system or network ain't as big as it used to be not too long ago. I kind of fell off a little bit, but um, it's still there, though. Um, if I have any issues, there's numbers I can call. There's hotlines. There's, there's support everywhere, man. You just got to want it, you know? Because um, I didn't want this a few years back or a year back. I just wanted to keep using it. I like the way it felt, you know? I like to use opiates and um and that was my addiction you know I didn't care who I hurt or what I did I kept on using um anyways so yeah that's part of my you know 
how I came here, uh, where I'm at now. Um, I'm currently over 200 days clean. And it's been, uh, it hasn't been, you know, um, rainbows and, and gravy, you know. So I gotta just keep saying that, you know, it's not easy. Shit happens. And it's the way you react to it that, you know, keeps you going, keeps you clean, and, uh, allows you to, Stay clean. Uh, what I gotta say also. Yeah, I have a little four-year-old son that keeps me clean. Well, I keep myself clean, but he's my big motivator of uh, staying clean. Um, I have two other kids that I lost to the system and gave up on because of my addiction or being incarcerated. Um, okay, let's talk about when I was working as a BHC. Man, that was one of the greatest jobs I ever had. Like, it was rewarding just to, you know, help others. And I had a really, really good report with, um, you know, everybody knew me. Everybody knew that I was an ex-addict and that I was really trying to help others. And it was, uh, I, I loved it. It was 12-hour shifts. You know, for me, they flew by. Even though I did a lot of walking, a lot of rounds, a lot of notes, and, you know, keeping track of patients. But I enjoyed it, man. I, I talked to people. I broke up a lot of fights. I talked to um, clients. I gave hope. But then my hope was extinguished, you know. Uh, two two months into the job, I got fired. The reason I got fired was because of my background check. I'm a 13-time felon. I have 13 felonies. And I disclosed these felonies to them before they even hired me. They said they were okay with them. <clears throat> I told them I've been in prison. I have, I have 13 felonies. Mostly involving drugs, a couple gun cases, and nothing big, nothing dangerous. The most dangerous thing I have is uh, assaulting a federal agent. Um, I ended up doing federal time for that, um, along with possession with intent to distribute marijuana. But yeah, that was probably one of the worst ones that I had. But yeah, I disclosed my um, my background, and they, you know, they said it's all good. You can work for us. It's gonna be okay. And I was like, yes, finally, I get an opportunity to turn my life around. And then I get fired because of my background. Even the CEO tried to fight for me, but. It went down to corporate and corporate for some reason, whether I was a liability or whatever, they ended up letting me go. <clears throat> and that was one of the hardest things I had to go through um, while I was clean. I uh, 
got depressed, man. Uh, it really hit me, you know. Like, what the fuck am I doing this for, you know? If I can't even get a fucking job because of my background, because of my drug use, because of my felonies, you know. So it, it, it hit me, you know. I was like, damn, might as well fucking use, right? But then I called somebody. I called a couple of I called three people. I text four, five, six, seven, eight, ten people. And they all told me to keep my head up, to pray, to, you know, keep on doing what I was doing that. I was in acid, and one day some company, somebody would see my word, then, you know, um, let me go back to work. <clears throat> so, yeah, it was a depressing moment in my life. I want to say it was about like, two weeks of just laying down and sleeping and not wanting to get up. Um, it was a tough time, you know. But guess what? I got through it. I thought about getting high. I thought about using. I was like, well, but why? Why would I want to use it? If I use it's just masking the issue. And the issue's still going to be here when I, you know, come back. Or whenever I'm done numbing my feelings, you know. I can't numb them forever. Eventually, it's going to come back. And sure enough, you know, I fought through it. I, you know, I looked through myself and and just let it pass. You know, when emotions hit you, when, you know, something happens in your life that's traumatic, you just look at it and feel it and don't try to numb it. Don't try to avoid it. Don't, you know, all we can do is look at it and let it pass because it's just a feeling. Feelings will pass. You know, it, it was tough, but I got through it, and that's, I, I want to say that's one of the things that I'm, I'm proud of on myself that, you know, I got through. But anyways, after that, I ended up, uh, I, when I was uh, looking for a job, I had applied for a whole bunch of different spots, and one of the custodial jobs for uh, a behavior health place, um, you know, called me, and I was like, fuck it, better this than nothing, right, and I took a part-time job as a custodian, and uh, that's where I'm at now, and, you know, meanwhile, I'm trying to apply to go back to um, behavioral health, such as uh, a behavioral health tech or a peer support, uh, because I have a peer support certificate that I've earned, um, I want to say about um, back in July. And it was a real help to my sobriety. Just going through that peer support, you know, course uh, or through the U of A was amazing, man. Gave me some tools. Most tools that I already had, but it kind of opened my eyes into, wow, I can help other people. I can maintain my sobriety by helping others and you know that's what I want to do eventually um go back to helping others and 
that's why uh, I started decided to make this podcast so I can help others and maybe uh, give somebody hope that you know recovery is possible um you don't have to stick to NA you don't have to go to a meeting every day you don't have to go to rehab even though I've been to rehab a bunch of times I've um, this last time I uh, went to rehab and I went through um, medically assisted treatment, which um, I went through the suboxone treatment. I, I've done the methadone treatment before, um, but the one that worked the best for me was not suboxone, was not methadone, uh, was this thing called sublocate. Um, sublocate is a shot they gave to me every month and. uh it does miracles, man. It like it, it gives me buprenorphine, which is a suboxone that it's an opiate antagonist, which tricks your brain into thinking that you know um, you have opiates in the system, or you know without the high, you know there is no high, <laughs> but it there is no withdrawal symptoms. But then, how long do I have to be a slave to this? But right now, I'm in the maintenance dose where I take some every month, and or they give me a shot every month, and, and you know, eventually it's gonna decrease more and more until I don't need it anymore. But at the moment, I'm just gonna keep taking it because it's what's helping me. You know, everybody works different. You know, there is not one way. Of okay, give everybody suboxone or give everybody supplicated and they're good. No, it doesn't work that way. So some people do okay with suboxone or supplicate. Some people do okay on methadone. Some people do okay without nothing, and that's more power to them. But me, I can say for myself, I need supplicate to, you know, stop me from going into withdrawals because. I've been into withdrawals many times. It's not my first time. You know. um, I've been through withdrawals over like about 10 times or more. And and I know what it's like. I know what it feels like. I know how long I have to wait before I get energy back or want to get up off of bed. You know, it takes a long time. Like one of the times I detoxed was in a federal prison. Uh, I was, uh, this was of heroin and, you know, fentanyl was way stronger than heroin. And, um, I was using heroin at this time and I ended up going to federal jail or detention center. And, uh, I had a cold turkey, man. They didn't give me shit. They said, uh, they just threw me in a cell and that was it. And I had a, at the, by that point, I had a big, um, opiate problem or heroin problem and and uh, it took me about uh, a month to fully come off the you know withdrawal symptoms and then it went to um to even have energy or want to get up off of bed it took like two to three months and it, it just took like six months total to even get anything back so in six months I was okay but 
I did my time and then I was out of prison and back to the races, you know, knowing that, you know, it's going to do the same thing to me. It's going to cause me to, to, um, be addicted again and I still use no matter what, like, I just like the feeling that took over anything else that, you know, for me, opiates were amazing. They made me feel good. You know, the weird thing is that some people get down and, you know, nod out. And me was the opposite. I was up and had energy, you know. I was up and up and doing shit, cooking, doing all kinds of random stuff. But, yeah, that's, you know, that's that story. But, yeah, I have many other stories to tell of my life. My life's been a crazy mess, you know. And uh, I'm just, I'm recording this to see how it turns out. And um, if everything works out, I'll go to, you know, the next uh, episode here where I'll um, go more into detail of what uh, will let me to be where I'm at. But I just want to say, you know, don't lose hope. Like, if you're struggling with addiction right now, get help. Ask for help. Don't be ashamed. Call somebody. Um, talk to uh, mental health providers. Um, talk to uh, anybody. Talk to a friend. Talk to a relative. Don't give up, especially with this fentanyl stuff that can kill you, man. Don't just keep using it because eventually you're going to get that bad one that doesn't cost your life, you know. But that's all I got for this episode. And, um, I'm planning on doing more episodes, but if you like this episode, let me know, and soon here, I'll get a, um, sec- the second episode ready and get it going, but this is just my trial run, my first introduction of, uh, you know, drug addiction and how, how my life was, uh, was was bad, you know, and how I turned turned it around and and uh, set an example that hope is here. Hope is, you know, hope of recovery is possible. You know, recovery is possible. Um, that's all I got. Have a good day and happy Friday. Or Saturday, whatever day it is. Saturday, actually. Thank you.